You bring your phone everywhere. Work, school, the movies. Now you can bring it to an Xfinity store for an easy way to switch to Xfinity Mobile, a new kind of network designed to save you money. You can get up to five lines of talk and text included with Xfinity Internet at no extra cost, so all you pay for is data. It's never been easier to switch to Xfinity Mobile and keep the phone you love. Click here to see how. Sorry, I gotta take this. Restrictions apply. Limited to select mobile phones. Requires activation of a new line of Xfinity Mobile. Up to five devices per account. New Xfinity Internet customers limited to up to two lines pending activation of Internet service. On this week's episode of the Greg Ratliff Podcast, Aaron Oster of Rolling Stone Magazine and the Baltimore Sun. He also hosts a podcast it's called Jobbing Out. It's all things pro wrestling, WWE, New Japan, a little bit of everything. But first, let's get into my top three stories of the week. Story number one, since you know I'm a big, big wrestling fan, it's Ric Flair. Uh, we're, all, we're all thinking about Rick right now. He's a he's been a big part of my life. He's my he's my favorite pro wrestler of all time. And uh, there's you know there's there's a lot of things going around out there. His fiance came out and said some things about his condition. And from from everybody I know that's a wrestling fan, and I'm pretty sure everybody else that's listening to this podcast that's a wrestling fan, uh, we all hope that Rick uh, makes a makes a full recovery from this. And uh, gets back to be the nature boy as, as soon as possible. Uh, so uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are with you, Rick. And uh, we're hoping for the best. Story number two. The Blake Bortles situation in, uh, in uh, Jacksonville in the NFL. So for those of you that aren't familiar, uh, last night, Blake Bortles, 8 of 13 for 65 yards. Chad Henney. 6 of 10 for 44 yards. And then Jordan Allen came in, the third-string quarterback, 144 yards and a touchdown on 10 of 15 passing. Uh, <laughs> it was it was not a good game for uh, for Blake Bortles. Jaguars head coach Doug Marone said, quote, it's right up there for grabs and either person can grab it, uh, referring to uh, Chad Henney and uh, Blake Bortles. And even Jordan Allen is going to get consideration in this. It's just a, a hot mess in a, in a Jacksonville. Uh, that was one of the big stories coming out of uh, out of this week. Lots of just NFL stuff going on in general, uh, including something I don't really want to get too much into myself because it, for me, it's just it's a hard subject to get into, like the Ezekiel Elliott situation, and I I just don't have enough. Honestly, I just don't want to get into it. Because it's just something that I don't feel like I am qualified enough to really get into. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of other people out there that want to talk about Ezekiel Elliott. I'm just not going to do it. I don't feel it's worth our time. I don't think it's worth your time. Uh, it, it's out there if you want to read about it, listen to it. I just, this is all I'm going to say about it. Get suspended. That's it. Story number three this week. And a lot of my my friends that are listening to this, that are Bears fans, Jay Cutler made his first preseason start for the Miami Dolphins, uh, filling in for the injured Ryan Tannehill. Uh, Cutler went three for six on uh, two series in the first half, 24 yards passing, no interceptions. So uh, decent start for Jay Cutler, but the people in Miami were excited to see uh, Jay take the field. Um, this week, that's my top three stories. 
want to get right into the discussion with with Aaron about SummerSlam, which this is a big weekend for WWE. We've got NXT on Saturday night, uh, SummerSlam on Sunday, and then they're still in Brooklyn Monday and Tuesday for Raw and SmackDown. So it's a, it's a very busy full weekend for WWE. Uh, so with all that, let's get into my discussion with Aaron Oster. Aaron Oster, he's from the Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone Magazine, and the Jobbing Out Podcast, which is a wrestling podcast uh, where every episode they're talking everything wrestling. Uh, Aaron, how you doing today? I'm doing good, man. How about you? I, I'm fantastic. The weather here in Memphis sucks today, but <laughs> but uh, I, I survived the drive home, and uh, we'll see how the rest of the day goes. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, probably not quite as humid as it is here in D.C., yeah. so uh, you have that going for well, you. So, as soon as the rain stops, it'll be humid again. It'll, <laughs> it'll be rough. But, uh, so SummerSlam, I guess the, the way to kind of get into this, let, we, let's talk about NXT Saturday because it's a full weekend of wrestling for those that may not know. Uh, this will be on the WWE Network as well. There's a, a packed card on, on TakeOver Brooklyn say, a, 3. Another, another uh, 15 hour and four day wrestling marathon <laughs> coming up. <laughs> hey, at least at least we don't have. I mean, well, yeah, you've got Monday and Tuesday. Are you are you going to any of the any of the stuff this weekend? You know, I, I thought about it. I was, it was one of those things where I was kind of, especially um, takeover. I was kind of staring down. I'm, I'm from DC, so it, I can take the bus ride there and back. Sure. And it just, I was, I was looking at my finances and thinking about, man, we'll be spending a lot of money in New Orleans, so I'm going <laughs> to save up my money for New Orleans that's in prob- April. That's probably a good idea. I think I'm, I'm looking at that myself right now, and yeah, it's a daunting uh, task. <laughs> so. Oh, you know, it's, it's it's also funny. it's one of those things where, and I felt the same way last year, and last year ended up being a fantastic show, but the card really doesn't pop to me. It, it's a good card. It's going to be a great show because every NXT takeover is great. You could say that. I mean, what what takeover hasn't been great? Yep. But going into it, it's just like, uh, what's really there to grab you? Like the Oscar Ember Moon, and we'll we'll get to that. Is really the big match that grabs me, but everything else is, feels a little bit thrown together which is the one thing about it that feels a little bit off about uh, this year's show. Speaking of thrown together, the first match on the card is a Johnny Gargano <laughs> and uh Cien Almas in that fr- and what they kind of have listed is the first, who knows what the, we don't know what the actual uh, running order is going to be, but uh, is is there anything in that match that kind of gets your attention? You know, um I, I love, you know, Gargano coming off of the the you know big beat down the last takeover always fun to watch I'm I'm really interested to see what they do with Almas they clearly have a plan with him they clearly like him even though he's lost a lot they've almost excused gone out of their way to excuse it they talked about his you know partying lifestyle he was just paired up with uh, Thea Trinidad I can't remember what name she's going by now on NXT mm-hmm. but they just did that and I'm really interested to see exactly where they go with him because even though he hasn't been used very well over the past year and a half. They're, they've kept him at a level where I think they want to do something with him. They just haven't had room yet. And with the heels kind of running a little bit dry on NXT right now, this could be the chance for a real good push for him. And um, I expect Gargano to win because he has so much momentum coming off of the, of the beatdown, being a singles wrestler, you know, off of the big DIY run. But I, I'm very interested in this match because I, I think both of them have interesting paths coming out of the takeover almost is one of those guys too that they tend to whenever they have these these people that they're trying to get over he's one of the guys that is always on the opposite end of that 
So I mean, that, I mean he was, he, he's kind of the Ty Dillinger right now. <laughs> he's Ty in that same role for the longest time, and then finally they're like, "All right, this is the time for Ty. We found the perfect ten gimmick. Let's push him a little bit before obviously they called him up." So I, I feel like that's coming soon for Almas. So moving on to the next one, Alistair Black and Hideo Itami. You know, this is another real, just by the way that they've put it together, an interesting one as far as, you know, both of the characters are real interesting right now, but the match itself has just been thrown together. Mm-hmm. And, you, you know, it's, Itami's kind of going down the heel route, which I think is much needed for him, and it's been much needed for him. I remember writing, oh boy, it was probably two years ago at this point for Rolling Stone that he just wasn't connecting as a face, and one of the ways might be uh, go back to, you know, He's a lethal striker. That that makes mm-hmm. for a great heel. Let him go that route. He's far more interesting that way. Alistair Black, on the other hand, again, really interesting character. He obviously debuted uh, in Orlando, uh, was that about four months ago now, and he's been red hot since then. Uh, when I saw NXT come through two months ago on their house show tours, uh, he was one of the most over guys in the building. I've heard that Alistair Black may be getting a, uh, a special entrance, like a band might be playing his entrance for him. But another one, I, I, I think Black wins because I think that it helps the Tommy turn heel if he keeps losing and gets more and more frustrated where he just starts lashing out at everybody. Um, but a match that uh, I wish I had a little more time built into it as opposed to Black just interrupting him two weeks ago. And, and I agree on the Black thing, too, because when they were here in Memphis back in, I think it was April, possibly, other than I know, Ty Dillinger got a huge pop, Bobby Roode got a huge pop, but I think at right after that would be Alistair Black. That way he was just, and he hadn't even really been on TV, but but maybe a couple weeks at that point, and people were still just all over him. Yeah, it, it was interesting because it seemed like this was headed for the Atami Cassisono match, mm-hmm. and Ono's not even on the card. I don't know what they're doing with Cassisono. He they've kind of. I don't want to say drop the ball with him because, again, it, it's a stack card. There's only room for so much, but how is he not being prioritized more? He's like enhancement talent at this point. It, it's, it's unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Uh, so th- moving on to the next part, Authors of Pain, the uh, NXT Tag Team Champions, taking on Sanity. I- I'm really looking forward to this match. Uh, what do you think? I mean, this is going to be a fun match because whoever, I don't know exactly who's in charge of, um, who's the agent in charge of the tag division, they they always book the match perfectly. Like mm-hmm. if it's not the very best match on the card, pretty much every every single takeover, it's one of the top two matches on the card. And I see it no different here. It was just actually um this was a match that they had when they ran the house show two and a half months ago. Sandy wasn't even in the picture yet, but they did Alters of Pain versus Sandy, and Sandy worked face in that match, and it worked surprisingly well. Um, I thought that you know I didn't exactly know how Sanity could play off as a face, and I don't think they are they are. Pure faces, obviously not the way that they beat beat down uh, the Offers of Pain a few weeks ago, but kind of the chaotic neutral, if you will, Mm -hmm. just kind of going out there. I think can work. Yeah, Eric Young being, even though I don't think he's in the match, I think he's just going to be on the outside, but he's charismatic enough for them to play the face. If they want to go that route, if they want to have Offers of Pain be faces, I think that could work too. Um, I think it's a little bit trickier, but after two weeks ago with Sandy and the beat down, you kind of have them, Offers of Pain, uh, overcome the numbers game, I think you could play it off that way. I think the more interesting is where they go with the Authors of Pain after this. I expect them to win. Um, the tag division is a little bit in shambles right now, but Red Dragon's around now, and I fully yeah. expect them to reunite them, and that's kind of probably the team to eventually dethrone the Authors of Pain. 
Yeah, I, I don't. I don't see Authors of Pain losing really anytime soon because there's no point in unless they, unless they want to use the, the the title to build somebody else up and have them still there in the division. But there's there's no reason to bring them up to Raw or SmackDown right now. There's just there's who else do you have in that tag division that's really? Yeah, I mean, you could you could make an argument that SmackDown could really use them right now, even though the the division's hot right now because the New Day is hot and the Usos are red hot right now. Um, they don't have that act to, you know, split it up. I mean, uh, you have uh, the fashion police doing their best work, but they have to be backstage because there's no one for them to fight. Mm -hmm. So if you wanted to tell me that the Office of Pain were the guys who have been beating up the fashion police, I'd be all for it. I just don't think, I don't see it happening. (laughs) I'd see them coming up at the Rumble at the very earliest. Then moving on to the next match on their card, Ember Moon versus Asuka for the NXT Championship. NXT Women's Championship. What? I mean... (sighs) I wasn't a big fan of the last match that these two had, so I, I don't have super high expectations for it. Uh, do, do you kind of look at it the same way, or, or I mean, I might be the, the only person that didn't really like the first match that they yeah, had. I'm I'm a little bit higher on it from you because I viewed it um, mainly because I loved the ending. I thought the ending was booked perfectly with Oscar yeah. needing to not so much cheat but bend the rules a little bit. The, the first chink in her armor that we've really seen from Oscar. And I, I really like that. It was unfortunate that Ember got injured after because I thought they were writing a really interesting storyline that got derailed a little bit there. And I also think they were holding back a little bit. Like anytime, especially in NXT, they know they're going for a rematch, you can kind of tell that they don't go all out, yeah. that they're, unlike what WWE needs to do sometimes, <laughs> they make sure the rematch is going to be better than the first one. And, and that's something the main roster, I think, needs to kind of pay attention to. So I do have actually high hopes for that. It's a mess that it, if I was in charge of booking, I'd really consider putting this in the main event slot. It's the one match that has the full feud going into it. They've been going back and forth for months now, obviously since February at least, even farther back than yeah. that. Um, it, it has the passion. Uh, that stare down this week on NXT was fantastic. <laughs> um, and I think Ember's going to win. I think it's time for Ember to win. Uh, I think that Ember's going to win. Otherwise, they, there's no reason for that spot back in Orlando where Asuka had to cheat a little bit to win. Um, I guess if you want to say, okay, Asuka maybe cheats again to win here and maybe someone they have in mind from the May Young Classic is the one to eventually uh, dethrone her, you could go that route. Mm-hmm. But I think they, they see a lot of things in Ember Moon and that she'd be a good person to dethrone us, especially now that you've passed every really conceivable uh, measurement you can as far as the streak goes. No reason for the streak anymore. D- have it end, put Ember over, and who knows what. I mean, you have the rematch, and you can go anywhere from there. Let's say Asuka does retain the title. Does, does Ember Moon need to win the NXT Women's Championship to, like kind of solidify her status in NXT or is she is she fine either way I would like to see it I think that she's one of those people she's very credible right now but she doesn't quite have the the star power that some of the other women through the division have had the Baileys the Oscars the Charlottes the Sashas you know all of them they haven't quite you know they've felt like on they're on a different level than Ember I'd like to see her win, and obviously beating Asuka is, you know, puts you over for the next couple of years, if not puts you over for life, to be the one to uh, end Asuka's streak. So if they do view Ember as the future, not just of the NXT division, but a future potential star on the main roster, yeah, I'd have her go over Asuka. 
And the fu- the final match for NXT, the final announced match for NXT, is the NXT Heavyweight Championship. Bobby Roode and Drew McIntyre. What do you what do you think about this one? It's a mistake. I I, I don't get this match. I I I love Drew McIntyre. I loved him in his first WWE run. I loved him on the indie scene. I, I think he's great here. And when he showed up in Orlando, I said, "Oh, there's the guy to take the title off of Bobby Roode." But you've been spending all this time up until a month ago building Bobby Roode versus Roderick Strong, and the crowd was buying into it. You know, I, I had questions whether Roderick Strong could really get over. He's always been kind of the vanilla babyface, or even the vanilla heel in Ring of Honor. Mm-hmm. And they had put him in a position to really, truly get over as the underdog face. And then they blew it off on a random NXT. And even though I know he's still around the picture, and it wouldn't surprise me to see this be a triple threat at the next takeover. Like, this match should have been Bobby Roode versus Roderick Strong. And Bobby Roode versus Drew McIntyre, I don't think it's clicking anywhere near as well. It hasn't had a lot of time to develop. We haven't gotten a lot of time with Drew McIntyre, really, to solidify him as a great face. Quite frankly, he's a much better heel as a face, but that's another story <laughs> altogether. But um, this match is weird. I, I'm just not feeling it, and it's part of the reason why I'm a little bit less excited about this takeover, because I'm not feeling the NXT title match. I expect Rude to retain, probably, for some nefarious means. Like I said, I expect the um, the next takeover to be a triple threat match between all of them. Mm-hmm. But then there's somebody else coming in who might be pushed to the top in a real quick hurry here that I <laughs> wouldn't shock me if we see this Saturday uh, in Brooklyn. I mean, and we, we, we can say the name because a lot of the reports are out there. Okay, I, I didn't so. know how you wanted to handle it. But, yeah, sure. <laughs> if, we, if, we don't, if we don't get that shot in the audience that we, we seem to get you know, at a lot of takeovers of Adam Cole sitting in the front row, I'd be stunned. I'd, I'd be absolutely stunned. It, just like the Bobby Roode one last year, where all of a sudden there's Bobby Roode sitting in the front row. Like, yeah. Or yeah, Drew McIntyre this past Orlando. Yeah, yeah. E- exactly. Yeah, I, I would not be surprised either. If that, they'd be making, I think they'd be making a mistake if they did. It just depends on how they view him coming in. If If they have super high plans for him, I could see that they would want to spotlight him there. But me, if. I guess that would be the, the thing to watch for is if, if they highlight him that way in the show, then that means they've probably got some big plans in store for him. I think it would be a mistake for them not to have him on the show in some way. Even if they don't say, okay, you know, you're not going to be involved immediately in the picture, maybe you have him come out. At, I mean, maybe you have him come out after almost wins. You know, if, if almost wins, kind of whatever you have him planned, I'd have him show up. The buzz is too great for it. You get so much, and he's a guy who I don't want to see, you know, the NXT account tweet out, oh, Adam Cole is here, watch him in four weeks on the uh, WWE Network. (laughs) So, with that all wrapped up, there's also, they they keep touting that there might be all these surprises, you know, Kevin Owens is supposedly going to be there, and a bunch of the former NXT alums, like your Sasha Banks's of the world, and... I mean, who who knows who else? But they they keep touting that you know there's all these surprises in store. You don't know who's who's going to show up for for Takeover Three. Do you think this will any of that will have any actual impact on the show? Or is it just going to be a little camera opportunity for a little FaceTime? <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I I can't even imagine what it would be. I mean, the one thing that I would wonder is with the women, especially with I don't know how much of the rumors you had heard or read anything about the May Young Classic, and I don't really want to spoil anything, but there's a reason that Charlotte and Becky aren't on the card, and that's because for SummerSlam right now, 
And that's because there was a much bigger plan in mind for them. So I wonder if they may try to tease that while also teasing the Mae Young Classic. Other than that, it's hard to really see anybody get involved in a major way uh, unless you wanted to have Kevin Owens come in and say, oh, by the way, my friend Adam Cole is here. <laughs> that would be amazing. I, I would I would start screaming and yelling in my house and get yelled at for making too much noise in my house. I mean, was, I mean how great would that be if you just saw... You know, in the crowd, you have Kevin Owens sitting there, and the camera pans a little bit to the right, and Adam Cole is sitting right next to him. Like, <laughs> that's the way you do that shot, and that's the way that people realize immediately, even the people who aren't indie fans realize, oh, that guy's a big deal. He, you know, he's sitting next to Kevin Owens. <laughs> so, th- that's all done for NXT. Let's move ahead to SummerSlam on Sunday. <laughs> And some of these matches, well, I'll kind of do these out of order as according to how they've kind of plotted it all out. But some of these I don't really think are ones that we need to spend a whole lot of time on. Uh, we've got the uh, the Randy Orton-Rusev match, which is kind of just a thrown-together thing. Any, any, anything really strike you on that one? I mean, here's what strikes me about it. Rusev should win. Rusev needs the win. Randy Orton, you know, got more standing tall moments than Rusev did building up to it. Everything screams Rusev should win, and I'm afraid they're going to screw this up because it's Randy Orton. I'm really afraid they're going to screw this up because Rusev, Rusev has to win this match. If Rusev doesn't win this match, well, I mean, granted, we've been saying that for the past two years, and he hasn't, but, like, they had something with him when he, you know, was re- refusing to return until he got the title match, and then they dropped that, and then it's like, okay, you're moving to Cena. That that's a nice way to be, but you know that you're going to lose to Cena because Cena's invoking 9/11 in his promos. <laughs> yeah, Rusev needs to win this match. I, I'm just very concerned they're not going to because it's Randy Orton. Big Show versus Big Cast with Enzo in a shark cage. Do you, do you care? No, not really. <laughs> Big Cast. If, if Big Cast doesn't win, just my mind's going to explode. Um, I, I mean, I just love the fact that I, I'm pretty sure this is the first time in history the face manager is in the cage, and that kind of shows how much they've screwed this one up. That do who are we rooting for in this match, and why should we root for like Cass is being a fine heel, but Big Show's Big Show, and Enzo's being annoying. So it's like, um, yeah. I really, you're you're right. I don't care about the match itself. <laughs> and if big if Big Show goes over Cass, well, screw everything. <laughs> and, and, and a match that shouldn't have mattered, but now kind of does matter a little bit. John Cena and Baron Corbin. Yeah, this is interesting. I have no idea where they're going with this. <laughs> I have no idea where they're going with Baron Corbin. I have like him losing his briefcase is such a bizarre thing. And I, uh, if you follow me on Twitter, at DAOster, you've seen me throw out some possibilities. Like my first thought, which a lot of people had echoed, but I, I don't think it's the case. It's like, did he test positive or something? Like, <laughs> what the hell just happened here? Um, I, I think, I mean, it wouldn't shock me. Like, the, the other kind of logical thing where it's like, okay, we need him to lose this briefcase for this reason would be if he's somehow going over to Raw. There's some speculation that they might try to switch it up again, which I would be very much against. I think you want to have more continuity in your brands. But if they decide, okay, we need to shake this up, we're going to, let's say, trade Baron Corbin for big cast, which would make sense for a lot of reasons. Yep. Um, that would be a reason for him to lose the briefcase. Um other than that, I'm, I'm a little bit baffled. Even if they've decided, you know what, maybe we were going to do this early, but 
we don't think he's ready quite yet, we'll still have him hold the briefcase because that gives him a rub that makes him more relevant and that puts him in a better position down the line. Um, I have no idea why. My my hunch is John Cena still wins this match because he's John Cena. Yeah. But it would not surprise me, especially if John Cena is taking another break after SummerSlam, if Baron Corbin is the one standing after this. He just absolutely annihilates John Cena, which would be a good look for him. You would think he'd want to, like character-wise, that that's what they'd want to do to build his character back up after that. Just that's just a brutal way for all that to happen. At least you know when Damian Sandow cashed in and lost, he had a full match and ended up and, losing. And there was there was a very clear reason for that. Like it was kind of annoying, but you could say, okay, you know, we didn't know this at the time, but a few weeks later they did the unifying of the belts. Yeah. They're like, okay, he had to get rid of the briefcase. They're unifying the belts. We get it. Right now, there doesn't seem to be a reason for Darren Corbin to lose the briefcase, so I'm really interested to see what they're doing. I saw someone speculate, you know, that's kind of the trigger to him being, you know, now he's going to be a more aggressive Darren Corbin because Cena cost him, and it's like, okay, that's nice, that that's a cool storyline, but why did he need to lose the briefcase in order for that to happen? Why couldn't he be a super aggressive monster with the briefcase? Wouldn't that make it even better? But... I mean, I don't know. you can't help but, in a way, just kind of feel bad for him because that's just the worst way for that to happen. Like, I, I hope they have a plan. That that's just the one thing. I just, I really hope they have a plan, and the plan was necessary for him, even if it is the move over to Raw thing, which again, I, I'd be against. But at least, like, okay, I get it. You want, you know, you're moving him over to Raw. He has to lose the briefcase, and you're going to push him over there. Okay, cool. I get it. But if it's just like, oh, we need, we want to spark something, or we, I, one speculation which is valid to an extent was like, okay, now if Nakamura wins the title, we're not looking over our shoulders; we yep. can actually bask in it. <laughs> and I think that's a nice, uh, potential nice benefit of it. But I don't think that's what they were thinking going into it. And, and the whole time, like a lot of other people have have said and lampooned and really had a good time with, is the fact that you know Tuesday night. All this is going on, you know, he's walking back up the ramp, and I look right at my fiance, who's kind of a, a casual wrestling fan, and I say to her, why isn't he cashing in the damn, the damn briefcase? He's down yeah, in the... It was, it was funny, my, my, uh, my wife was asleep, and I woke her up, I'm like, you want to watch this, because, like, you know, I look at time, oh, it's 9.55. Exactly. He's, <laughs> he's cashing in, and I expected it to be... I mean, I would have loved to see him just to see what they would have done if he cashed in one. Would they have done a four-way? Would they have switched it so... You know, Jinder and Shinsuke is now the number one contender match. How they exactly they would have done it? There are a lot of ways they could have done that would have just completely blown up SummerSlam, and I think in a good way. Yeah. Um. That you know, it's cool, it, and it finally you know it gave them reason to hype up the random John Cena Jinder Mahal matches, <laughs> one of the biggest <laughs> matches in the history of SmackDown. <laughs> like I was going the entire night saying, uh, "How is this bigger than the last you know the <laughs> Cena Nakamura match for the number one contender match?" <laughs> Let alone let alone the history of SmackDown, and then they're like, oh, so you wanted us to see it for this? Okay, yeah, that was one of the bigger moments in SmackDown history. Okay, good on you, WWE. But um, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what they do with Corbin from here. Akira Tozawa, the uh, Cruiserweight champion against Neville, and a rematch for the Cruiserweight title. This is supposedly going to be on the pre-show. It, does this match matter? Um... You know, it's always fun to see these guys go at it. Um, yeah, don't, I don't want to. Di- yeah, I don't want to discount the work that because they've had a hell of a match on on Monday. Yeah. So, um, and by the way, I love that because if the idea was we're putting the belt on Tozawa, 
putting it on Monday, I think, is a much better spot because you would get buried. If he had won in, let's say, the opening match of SummerSlam, you know, six hours of matches, that that's getting buried. That moment's yep. getting buried. So to see it happen on Monday where it, you know, was arguably the biggest story coming out of Monday, that's a cool thing for the Cruiserweight division at a time when the Cruiserweight division feels less and less important each passing week. I, I thought that was a good thing for them. Um, I didn't realize this was actually, they had announced that on the pre-show. Um, that's what a lot of the rumor is, that that one and the uh, next match we're going to talk about are both on the pre-show. Okay, I mean, that's it makes sense, especially, again, if they realize, oh, we're putting this on the pre-show, we want to get the title change on Monday. That makes even more sense there. Um, Tozawa will likely win. I wasn't sure if this match was actually happening or not after Monday night. but it um, Supposedly still is. <laughs> you know, I... I think that, you know, again, Tazawa should win. It would be silly to hot potato the title like that. But having Neville lose twice in six days, I think, is, might be a little bit of a mistake. Well, but probably one he can overcome pretty easily. Neville is still arguably the biggest thing in that division. Tazawa's great. I don't think he's quite as over as Neville is. Um, so you want to keep Neville as strong as possible. But, yeah, um, I'm excited to see it on the pre-show. And as a starter match to get the crowd hot, yeah, it makes sense. The ne- the other match that mu- is supposedly on the pre-show is the New Day versus the Usos for the uh, Tag Team Championship. Um, I mean, it makes sense just because, like, what else is going to be on the pre-show? Like, like, everything else is very clearly more important than that. Like, they're not putting, you know, I, I wouldn't mind seeing Big Show versus Big Cass on the uh, pre-show, but they're not doing that. Um, you know, they're, they're both great. The New Day's great. The Usos have been so tremendous over the past few months. That it, it's, for that reason, it's really sad to see them on the pre-show. Um, I expect the New Day to win here. You, you had the Usos go over on Tuesday. You had the New Day kind of putting in their, you know, the big hitter in Big E after <laughs> Kofi and Xavier uh, lost on Tuesday. Uh, it should help keep the Usos strong. Again, like I said in NXT, I don't know where they go after this. Yeah. Because just you can't do another New Day Usos match. The Fashion Police... <laughs> I'd love to see them back in the ring. I don't know if they'll do that or not. Um, so if you told me that, say, on Tuesday night, the Authors of Pain showed up, I'd be stu- I'd be kind of stunned by it, but it would make a lot of sense as far as shaking up the uh, division goes. Because as good as these guys are, there's only so much you can do between the New Day and the Usos before it starts getting stale, and I think this is about it. The other tag team title match, you've got Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins. Shield 2.0 versus uh, Sheamus and Cesaro. Um, I mean, the question about this, I don't think anyone expects that this is a long-term reunion between Ambrose and Rollins. And if I'm WWE, I'm doing this reunion solely so Ambrose can turn on Rollins and turn heel. I think that's the way to do it. I think that, you know, Ambrose desperately needs a heel turn or some sort of character change. And that's the easy way to do it. It also gives Seth who's having a little bit of trouble with the face pops, though it's gotten a little bit better lately. Um, you know, the clear guy to feud with to put him over as a face. question is, does it happen here, or do they let them have a little bit of a title run, and then you have Ambrose turn on him? Um, that's kind of, I'm looking at the latter there. I think that uh, the Shield get the feel-good moment of SummerSlam. You see them hold up the titles together, and then maybe at the next pay-per-view, Ambrose plunges the dagger into uh, Rollins' back. What what do you think of the uh, rumors that are out there of or the the fantasy booking I guess of uh, the two of them winning the tag titles and then helping Reigns? Helping Reigns. I mean, I'd love it. I, I would <laughs> pop so it. hard for that. Everyone would. <laughs> I don't see it happening, 
But yes, like in an ideal world, them all holding belts at the end of the night is wonderful. And then in the first segment on Monday after Reigns has the belt, you have him turn on uh, Rollins, uh, Rollins and Ambrose. <laughs> like That's my ideal world right there. Because I do think that if you did do that and you try to keep them as faces, you run into problems. The, the, I think the that thought the that... Crowd- the the thing that I thought with it that would be the cool visual, like you mentioned the visual of Rollins and, and Ambrose with the titles holding up. Imagine all three of them holding oh, the, yeah. the, red, the red title belts up in the middle of the oh ring. Oh, my together. God. It would be so perfect. And in the moment, it would be the greatest thing you could do. I do think if the idea is reunite the shield and have them go on a big face run, you run into issues there yep. because I, I feel like very quickly the fans would be like, Oh, you're using Ambrose and Rollins to try to prop up Reigns. Boo! So, <laughs> if, if they were doing it, I would hope that it would be for Reigns to very quickly turn on them, cement, finally cement that heel turn, and run roughshod over everybody, because that would be just the perfect way to turn him heel. I, I know the people will complain and say that you know that, that you can't turn him turn him heel because he's such a big merchandise guy and everything. Do you remember, people seem to forget that how big the Usos were with kids, and oh, yeah. and they turn them and, and it's and, gone and big, really as well. Big as Reigns is, and there's no doubt that Reigns is big. He's not Cena, like yep. he's just not Cena when it comes to merchandise sales. I understand the Cena thing because he's so far above everybody else. And while Reigns is big and he's, you know, now that Cena's a part-timer, he's the the biggest regular seller, or at least at last check, someone else can come up and be Reigns. No one can come up and be Cena. I think they can turn Reigns heel eventually. I understand why they don't, but in in my scenario where he has that very clear foil there in the former members of the Shield, it would be wonderful. We've been talking about SummerSlam itself for over 15 minutes, and we still have four matches left to go. Wait, no, one, two, three, uh, four. I just, <laughs> of wrestling, I'm just, I'm so not, I love SummerSlam, but I'm, it, it really is, I'm, I'm looking at the week and I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be a grind. So I, I'm I, I'm looking forward to SummerSlam, but in a lot of ways I'm not looking forward to it. So just for, just for the sake of keeping things relatively brief, let's there, here's the matches we haven't talked about yet. We've got Finn Balor, the Demon Finn Balor versus Bray Wyatt. The two the Demon w- in the match, the Demon's winning. Exactly. You got the two women's championship matches. Are we going to get a cash in on SmackDown? Uh, yeah, I think that we are. Yeah. I think that uh, probably Naomi retains and Carmella cashes in. I was leaning against it when I thought that Corbin would cash in, but now that there's no worry about that, I think Carmella cashes in, which is a shame because it means that both of the Money in the Bank briefcases have been burned in two months. I <laughs> love that as a long-term plot device, Yeah, but I, I think it makes sense here. And she's the queen of Staten Island. I mean, she's got to win in Brooklyn. Exactly. Just to... and, I mean, it's true. Like, I think that's a very big part of it is that you know you're going to get a reaction out of it. Yeah, AJ Styles and Kevin Owens for the United States Championship with Shane McMahon. Um, you know, Shane's inclusion makes this interesting. I also think that they've been holding, you know, like I had been talking about on NXT, I think that Styles and Owens have been holding back on their big match, knowing that SummerSlam, they were going to be facing each other. Um, I expect, I don't know if Shane will actively cost Owens or if he'll just blame Shane afterwards, even (laughs) though there's no real reason to. I expect Styles to retain because we're we're very clearly heading towards Owens-Shane at some point in the fall. Then Shin- we've already talked about it a little bit. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jinder Mahal for the WWE Championship. 
if they rush Shinsuke to the title match, th- there's no reason for Shinsuke to really be in this match. It makes no sense from Ginger's character. It makes no sense from the fact that up until two weeks ago, he hadn't even mentioned, Shinsuke hadn't even mentioned the WWE title at all. <laughs> um, if they rushed him to this to take a loss, I, I, I'd be speechless. Like, I, I, I know the WWE is capable of bad booking, but that would just be epically terrible in every way. Um, Shinsuke has to win this match. Like he just has to. I, I won't take credit for this this kind of fantasy booking on this, but I, I heard it somewhere else that the possibility of Shinsuke winning this match so that when they go on their overseas tour, that Jinder could win the title back in India. Are they? They are hitting, and I know they're also hitting Japan. Yeah, they're going to Japan just, at some point too. So, I mean, is it possible they get a couple of title flips for the live crowds? Either, just to, either the either the title flips, or you just have it where, you know, boy, I, I didn't even realize India was part of that tour. That's really I believe so. I believe, I would, at some point over the next couple months, they hit both India and they go to Japan too. That's that's interesting. I hadn't even thought of that aspect because I was expecting, oh, you know, you put the title on Shinsuke. You go to Japan, no duh. Like, <laughs> it's the most obvious thing. And that would make sense as far as the, the rushing into the title picture because Vince saw that on the calendar and we said, you know, <laughs> Shinsuke has to be the champion here. <laughs> so the only match left on the card, I think we hit everything. I'm looking at the well, card we, now. We, we, di- we didn't hit Alexa and Sasha. We didn't talk about Alexa and Sasha. Let's, let's, let's um, hit that one really quick. You know, obviously this wasn't their plan. Uh, from the beginning, this was supposed to be Bailey's match. Uh, I think at this point, I, I don't know why Nia is not included in this. That's irritating. They, made That's her, ir- so they, irritating. They, they, they've made her very much like most girls at this point because <laughs> she keeps losing. Like I don't know how much longer you can treat her as a special attraction when she loses every opportunity she gets, and she's gotten a lot of opportunities this year. Um, I, I think you have to have Sasha win because again, you you know you had Alexa cheat to win. Back at what was that? Great Balls of Fire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had Alexa. Well, cheat to retain there. She didn't win. Uh, I think you have to have Sasha, even if it's a temporary thing. If she loses again, you kind of start to lose what makes Sasha special. And if Bailey is out for any significant amount of time, you need Sasha there as a real anchor of the division. Unless, of course, you're bringing Oscar in. Is, is it? But, an, is it another one of those cases of like, why is she in the match if she's not going to win? Pretty much. Like, why is this not a triple threat match? Yeah, if if Sasha isn't winning, uh, so yeah, that that's kind of what I'm thinking here. Like, I want to see Nia get in the title picture, but at the same time, I don't because her and Alexa are are together all the time and posting in videos on Instagram, <laughs> and I don't want to see that end because they're they're hilarious. So I, I don't. <laughs> I personally, I just I I don't understand what they're doing with Nia. It it makes no sense. Like, it's one thing to keep her away from the title and have her be a monster, but to have her very much in the thick of it and lose every time is completely nonsensical. Like it's it's really ridiculous. I mean it, I I don't I don't get it. I just don't get I I know they they keep trying to book her as a monster but she keeps losing. And not right. have and not in I mean you could kind of say she, the, the she, first time that Sasha beat her it was kind of a spectacular like come behind, from behind victory. But this last one it was a pretty even match and it really right. shouldn't have I been. mean and and she tapped out a number of times too yeah. like this isn't like people are catching her in roll-ups she's not getting angry and getting herself dequeued like she's like you said not just cleanly winning or cleanly losing but tapping out which is yeah. you know, supposed to be the ultimate loss there it, it doesn't make any sense 
So we've got a few more minutes left here, and we've got the one match left to talk about. For the most part, we we kind of briefly touched on the demon and Bray, but you know we said demon demon wins if he's in the match. Um, the the fatal four way for the universal championship. What in the hell is going to happen with this? <laughs> it just... It's just it's fascinating. I mean, I will give as much as I've bitched about some of the booking up and down this card. This has been absolutely perfect. Like this was very clearly. I, I think. People thought this was very clearly going to be Lesnar Reigns, uh, you know, coming into the summer. But they've read the crowd. They've read the reaction everybody has been given. And even though there's not a very clear face in this match, it's worked. And the match is going to be wonderful. Like, when's the last time we've seen four big guys who can actually work a match all in the ring together? Like, we've, <laughs> we've seen some four big guys, but it's always been... Kane versus Kali versus Mark Henry versus... <laughs> uh, I, I feel like they had a monster mash, match in ECW like that. Vladimir Kozlov might have been involved. I don't even oh, remember God. exactly. Mike not, you know, like one of those guys who just... You know, it wasn't this match where yep. four guys who can go. Um, so I'm thrilled about this match. I'm thrilled about the way they booked it. Um, the will Brock leave is a little bit silly. We know Brock's not leaving. Now, could it be that this is time for him to take a few months sabbatical and then he comes back. Well, yes, it could be, but, um, it's interesting. And I think there's a compelling way to have each compelling reason to have each of these guys win. Uh, I'm leaning towards Brock retaining just because I think the money is really in a one-on-one title match. Someone going over Lesnar. I think that's where the money is. That's where your big match is. And if you're going to, even if it's Roman Reigns, if that's the moment you want to have, you know, Reigns be the guy to dethrone Lesnar, you want that in a one-on-one match. You don't want it in a fatal four-way. So I still have Lesnar retaining, but you can make a case for any of these guys, and I'm I'm super excited to watch it. This is going to be just it's going to be the 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 cap to an excellent long day of wrestling. Like, are we going to have any energy left by the time this match goes on? I mean. Like, uh, <laughs> it's I, it's it's one of those things where the uh, the order of the matches, the way you do it, WWE has to be really careful. So we're not burnt out after six hours of wrestling. You know, we've seen that at Mania before. Uh, was it uh, thirty two in Dallas? Like by the time that Roman Reigns and Triple H came out, we were all done as a crowd. We were yeah. just like, all right, I give up. Even if this match is decent, between the fact that I don't want to see this match and the fact that I'm tired, you know, we we just kind of gave up on the match. But um. In contrast, this year at Mania, by the time Taker and Reigns came out, they had booked it well. They had made a good order to everything, and we we were still, you know, pretty hyped for it. So this will, this will be one where they need to be careful about the order. But again, the match you you have, you know, obviously Brock's always hot. Samoa Joe, if you're drop having Brock drop the title, I have him drop it to Samoa Joe here just because I don't know if Joe's ever going to be as hot as he is right now. I think it would if I. I Always have questions about Joe. I love Joe as a wrestler, but he's always a guy who's a little bit tricky to get over if you're not overly familiar with him. He's not a guy who casual fans are going to really rally behind. And they've done a good job here of making him red hot, really credible. And if they want to give him the title because they've read the crowd and realized, man, this is the time, I got no issues with it. Braun, Braun I think you can get over at any time, so I don't think he quite needs it here. And Roman's always Roman. Um, so I think the crowd's going to be excited for it as long as they're not completely burned out and, and they're going to put on a show. They're going to be throwing people around. They're going to be throwing things around. 
it, it's just going to be a fun match to watch, and I'm definitely looking forward to it. If there was ever a, a crowd to have Joe win the title in front of, I think this would probably be the be the one. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you're not you're not doing it in Tupelo or wherever else. You know, whatever other whatever other random place that they decide to run every now and State then. State College, uh, Pennsylvania. Right, exactly. <laughs> You're not having Joe win there. Obviously, Brooklyn, and again, going back to the Shinsuke thing, that if you wanted to say, oh, I know Shinsuke's getting a pop here, so that's why we're rushing him, okay, I can see it. I'd rather him have gone back and, you know, put a little bit more time into it, but whatever. But, yes, that would be a reason to put Joe. If I'm not picking Brock, I'm picking Joe. But you can make a case for any of these four guys, and that's a credit to WWE that they've made all four guys so strong and done such a great again like i said there isn't a face in this match but and normally that immediately destroys the match uh it hasn't destroyed it at all in this case Aaron if people want to find you online where where can they find you where are you, where where are you at what's your footprint right now <laughs> i'm on twitter you can find me at the a oster that's o s t e r i'm constantly live tweeting everything wrestling and you know sometimes other things but usually wrestling stuff and it's not always wwe i'm huge into lucha right now uh that's basically my favorite thing to watch uh on a weekly basis is lucha underground so usually on wednesday you'll see me tweeting about that and xvg1 was this past week so find me on twitter that's the main place to uh to find me and talk wrestling you can also find me of course baltimore sun and rolling stone and if you enjoyed this, uh, I have a podcast called Jobbing Out. It's with uh, Glenn Clark, who's a uh, radio host up in Baltimore, and A.J. Francis, who's a defensive tackle for the Washington Redskins, and we uh, we yell at each other about wrestling a lot. So it's just <laughs> a lot of fun because A.J. is the ultimate WWE guy. So, you know, you can put the gobbledygooker in front of him, and he'll find a way to defend it and call us all idiot wrestling smarts. So it, it, it's a fun <laughs> listen that you don't – always get that perspective on in a podcast these days I, and i gotta ask you because you're in the dc area what, what i know you and i know you're you primarily are a little more orioles oriented but what, what what do you see with the nationals this year i'm actually i i am more of a national sky than oh orioles god i had sky. it backwards my god you, it's, it, it's quite <laughs> all right um i mean they're great as you know they, they're suffering injuries right now and as Assuming Trey comes back fine, assuming Bryce comes back fine, I think people are writing off the fact that, you know, well, look at the Dodgers rotation now. It's, it's unbelievable. And there's no doubt the Dodgers are incredible. In a seven-game series, though, I think the Nationals at full strength, minus Eaton, of course, has the better lineup. They could get there. Of course, first they actually have to get to the NLCS, which they can't ever do. So, you know, it's probably meaningless to talk about uh, – Nationals, Dodgers, because the Cubs will probably overthrow them because that's what DC sports teams do. They uh, destroy you in the most painful way possible. But assuming they can actually make it to the Dodgers, I think it's a much more interesting series than people give credit for. I'll, I'll I'll tell you straight up as a, as a lifelong Cubs fan, even up until that two outs bottom of the tenth inning, I'm like they're going to lose. They're still going to lose this game. Like you you don't know you just don't know but they're gu- least, they're gonna but lose. At least Chicago has had other teams win. <laughs> DC hasn't. Not just have that team win. They haven't had a team make the conference finals since '97. Mm-hmm. So like this is this is a running joke in DC that 
no team can make the the semifinals of their respective sport other than the DC United. But you know, I was going to say none I, of the big four teams. I I, 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 don't, I don't want to rub it in, but like DC United was the last team in DC that's won a championship, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, unless you want to count uh, University of Maryland, which I always do, but <laughs> they're not really a DC team, so I understand that. I'll use that as an excuse to get out a UMBC shout out real quick. So I lo- <laughs> <laughs> love those guys. They talk to me on Twitter all the time, but. Aaron, oh, thank- okay, cool. <laughs> Aaron, thanks for coming on the show. Uh, it was a pleasure having you. Hopefully we can get you on. Maybe uh, talk some baseball come playoff time, and I can tell you how much better the Cubs are than the Nationals, and you can do the same from your end. <laughs> Sounds great. I look forward to it, man. <laughs> so that was Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun, Rolling Stone Magazine, Jobbing Out Podcast. He's on Twitter at the A. O-S-T-E-R, the A-Oster. Um, big thanks to him for coming on the show. He's been a big friend of our show, uh, going all the way back to the the old pods that I used to do. So big thanks to Aaron. Uh, big thanks to all of you for listening, subscribing, download. Please go on iTunes. If you have iTunes, you use the Apple Podcasts app. Go on iTunes, subscribe, leave a five-star review. Uh, type in that actual review. Let let uh, iTunes know what you think of me. Uh, I I appreciate all the kind words that I've been getting from people uh, since I started doing the doing the show. It's it's a labor of love for me, and I, I'm glad that you guys are all taking time out of your busy days to to listen to my to my little show. Uh, but hopefully you're enjoying it. If you're enjoying it, subscribe, review, five star, all that nonsense. <laughs> But uh, until next week, next week's going to be a fun show. Uh, next week we're going to be talking all about Conor McGregor and Floyd Mayweather. McGregor and Mayweather. Man, it's going to be an interesting discussion. I'm uh, still working out who I'm going to have on the show next week, but I think you guys are all going to really enjoy it a lot. So thanks, for everybody, for listening, downloading, subscribing. You can find me on Twitter at Greg Ratliff. Until next week, we out. The New York Times, Rolling Stone, and critics everywhere are all raving about Annihilation. It's not destroying. It's making something new. It's a mind-blowing experience. And now it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Annihilation. Rated R. Now playing. The New York Times, Rolling Stone, and critics everywhere are all raving about Annihilation. It's not destroying. It's making something new. It's a mind-blowing experience. And now it's certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Annihilation. Rated R. Now playing.